Hey everybody, Handler Chris here. Just wanted to pop onto the front of the episode and say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate or celebrated. I hope it was well and awesome, and we hope you guys enjoy this next uh, home session. We're going to have two more, an interview, and then we're going to hop into Misha's campaign, which we're very, very excited for you guys to hear. So that's all I got. Uh, We'll see you next week. Welcome back, everybody. We are here for another home scene, and today we are going to be focusing on the one, the only, Georgie Drano. How you doing, Cody? Doing great, yeah. Uh, pretty fantastic. Uh, I just I just had to replace my mailbox outside. Um, oh, so gonna, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> my back hurts. That's where I'm at. Did someone hit it, or no. it just was crappy? I guess, yeah, just the, I mean, those those wood beams, those 4 by 4s just to degrade, like, they kind of get wet and get uh, moldy over time. So I think that was probably in play for, like, 10 years or plus or something, so just time to replace it. Yeah, I remember when we first moved in, like, we had this plastic shell on our mailbox, and it kept just, like, falling off, so I had to, like, screw it into the post to make sure it fit. And then, uh, obviously, someone hit my mailbox a couple weeks ago, so I had to go buy a whole new mailbox and, you know, concrete Gosh. and really set it deep so that if they hit it again, at least it will fuck their car up, so. Yeah, exactly. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to do, yeah, we like, we actually bought a metal, whatever, shaft thing, and then, like, it just didn't work with what we were doing, so we're like, crap, all right, so we had to get a 4 by 4 but, yeah, definitely want to make an <laughs> iron fortress for sure. <laughs> oh, you guys are a little bit off the main road, too. You if someone's coming down there to like fuck with your mailbox, you did something to them. I'm assuming, yeah, or exactly. kids. <laughs> so, uh, okay, well, your home scene is probably going to be a little bit different than everybody else's because at the end of the, the uh, last, I guess we'd say, uh, I don't want to say session, but the end of the the last mission, you decided to take the gold piece of uh, Nazi gold. And one of the side effects to that is you think everybody's out to get your gold, so you become like a little bit a uh, little bit of golem, and uh, we ended with you stabbing a guy with a knife in a waffle house, which fits for a waffle house. Like that feels like a natural thing that could occur in a waffle house. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. And, and <laughs> while while that was just said, I just want to kind of give a little bit more context, just in case people weren't. I forget if I like gave much during the time, but it was basically like. Shit was hitting the fan, and I'm not a like a, I built this character like not doesn't have a lot of gun skill, and so he's he's a scientist, and so he's like, all right, I got to be able to defend myself somehow. So I was thinking like I was thinking in my head, and you know that's I totally am down for like, cursing me like this, and like it, it backfired for sure. But I was thinking in my head, I was like, okay, maybe I can use this either like throw it at him and have him touch it. Uh, you know, because maybe I was thinking, like, oh, in the case, maybe it wouldn't affect you or, like, whatever, whatever. So I was like, oh, I'll open the case and he'll, like, catch it or, like, you know, one of those things where, like, oh, hey, here, take this. And then you lob it at someone and instinctively they catch it or whatever. Um, <laughs> or just, like, put it somewhere and have him grab it. Uh, so I was like, okay, this could be cool. I don't know. I don't know. Because it's also possible it didn't have a curse and it just, like, was whatever. Nothing happened. So I'm like, all right, this could go a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> I, I, I definitely expected this, uh, that it could just curse me. But I figured it was the lesser 
of the likely scenario. So that's why, uh, that's why my character grabbed it. Um, he also didn't know it was Nazi gold, I don't think. I think that came up after, like, sort of, like, wasn't apparent. I don't think that, I don't think the Nazi yeah, symbol wasn't. was clear. Yeah. yeah. So just, just to be clear to everybody, I didn't know it was Nazi gold. All right. That's, that's been said. Yes. Drano is not pro Nazi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just in case you're wondering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to really ask you. I, I'm I'm going to assume that this would like kind of snap him out of it in a sense, like the action would happen and then he would kind of like come to after you know murdering this guy with a table knife. Um, That's what I imagine then- too. Like he like he he like completely recoils and then is completely lucid after it's happened. You know. So I think we see him like fleeing out of the Waffle House, getting into his car, driving away. I don't even know if he gets into his car. Maybe he just runs. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I kind of was wondering, do you think, knowing that you are possessive of this gold, he would go back to his family? Or do you think he would just, like, start a new life and just, like, you know, like, what do you think his mindset would be going into that? So, I mean, I I see Drano as being a pretty wholesome guy. Like, I played him thinking that... He was he was in Delta Green and yeah and yeah I know we're not we're not great people but he he wanted to be to do right by people as much as possible even if the the ends justified the means sometimes um, so in this case if he's just you know at, at this point he he you know, he's he's confused you know right like how this happened and, and, and when it's happening he can't control it and so he's starting to wonder like how much of a threat he is to others so yeah i'd say he would probably he'd absolutely would try to seclude himself but i think there there is an escalation i think he would do if it became even more of a problem after that so he would because like i uh, it's it's super like he would be so so sad that he can't go back to his family, but he knows he can't go back to his family. So he 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 would he would do something probably to make it as you know um, easy on his family as possible. So right. whatever that means. So if that means he has to like fake his death to make sure they get like enough like compensation money or something, or like uh, or like if you know if you know that he got. He had to basically tell them, like, so there's two parts. There's financially, that's what I was basically just alluding to. Or the other side, which is, like, making them not feel abandoned. Like, he would he would wanted them to know that he didn't just abandon them. So he would, like, yeah, either fake his death for that way, like he died in duty or something, or something bad happened. So that's what he'd be looking to arrange, probably. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to figure this out. Like, I, I'm assuming this would make the news. Uh, at least, the like, the... Local news, I don't know if it would make the, the evening news. Good um, point, yeah. But I definitely think that uh, it it would uh, it would definitely, there would be some heat. Um, and so what what is his willpower score, if I might ask? So, yeah, his score was, t- uh, t- well, so all of his stats were 12. Um, okay. Yeah. So Perfectly be average. Willpower, okay. So, um so I forget so if that time power is five the, would yeah, be what sixty sixty okay. Yeah. Um, he did take some willpower hits like during the during the like during the um yeah, but that, you usually regain that like as you yeah, rest. Okay, um, okay. So I am willing as we kind of sit here and talk. Because I mean, obviously, we didn't really talk about this beforehand because uh, well, that's just not really how we do it. Like, we're, right. we're 
We live in the moment. We're doing it live. <laughs> so I say I was going to say if you got some dice, let's have him do a willpower roll and see if like as this all settles, he can like throw this gold somewhere or something like that and kind of forget about it and go to his life or if it just consumes him and like he's stuck there with it. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, I you can either do it for me or I go grab dice. I didn't. I I, I didn't think that far ahead. I'm uh, I can do it for you. I got some dice here. Hold do on, real it. quick. I got my lovely stone dice that you guys got me for Pathfinder here. Oh yeah. All right. Here we go. We're rolling for Drano to see if he can overcome the power of this gold. You, sir, rolled a twenty-two. Under 60. Damn. Okay. So that you critically awesome. succeed on this. So I think that's enough to where um, you, because it says the basic premise of it is if you spend at least three hours with it or are within 10 feet of it, it consumes you. Oh, wow. So I think there's like a moment after all of this where you kind of snap too. And I don't know if you like lob this gold piece or like, how do you think he gets rid of it to, to like get it away from him? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, he would definitely, I don't know. I think that if I can, oof. so ooh, this is tough because I would want, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't want someone else. I mean, containment, you know, um, right, I, exactly. I, if I can get it into the water, I'd probably, you know, me being a water aficionado, okay. I would try to, I would, if I can get it there in the water, I would try to bury it. I would just like uh, try so to we're wait driving it back down. from we're driving from Washington to uh the East Coast, right? Yeah. I forget where we said he stopped off at, but let's see. Let's see if there's a river or anything nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You drive around uh well, I guess are you getting in your car or are you running? What was your plan? So, I guess I would try if there was if there was people near my car, then I but would there were probably people that saw it happened so that I figured that if you tried to leave, they would definitely take down your license plate and all that. Yeah, um, exactly. That was that was my only. I that was kind of the the one thing I would get you with is like they're gonna see you get in a car. They're gonna I'm gonna roll to see if they see it. So right, it's like yeah. Either way, it's kind of bad. Um, so I guess like I guess I would have to take my car because no matter what, my car is gonna be trace of my of my person when that gets investigated. Right. So like I right. probably have to risk it and try to get in my car. I'm going to roll it here and see if anybody notices. Okay. You, uh, you, uh, maybe it's just like everybody is still shock and awe and they're running over to get to this guy, but you're able to get to your car and peel out of there and get away. And you're pretty sure no one like saw your license plate number or anything like that. Damn. I'm getting so, uh, and I rolled a 46 under 50 for your luck to find a, a, a lake or something like a river. And so I think that's kind of the shot we see is. Drano pulling up, just lobbing this gold into this river, and then uh, driving off, getting home. I still think there's a lingering there. Like, I think he thinks about it every once in a while, and he's able to suppress it. But I I like that idea of, like, maybe on, like, a failed sanity check or something like that. Or, like, maybe it it arises if we bring back Drano for another game. Like, if he goes, if he loses sanity enough, like, he'll actively start trying to hunt this out again like he yeah buried in the recesses of his mind he remembers this exact spot <laughs> right exactly oh my <laughs> like, god yeah i love that too yeah like yeah because that that the fact that he you know fucking killed someone like that yeah that that would snap him out of it uh think, luckily yeah, in this percent. case yeah. yeah uh so then i think we get to your home scene um 
what do you think he'd want to do? Would he fulfill responsibilities? Would he get back to nature, establish a new bond, go to therapy, uh, improve a skill or a stat? There's some sort of personal motivation he wants to do, special training. I don't think stay on the, maybe stay on the case if I don't know if he wants to try to figure out more about this creature that they got. I know it, I don't think he has it, but uh, yeah. yeah. What do you think? Um, what do you think he would do? Yeah, tell me more about the <clears throat> fulfill. Is it fulfill a responsibility or just like or like or, or is it just like uh, essentially doing right by his family, like focusing on his family right. or something? Yeah. So uh, if your agent focuses on the day to day obligations, relationships, describe something the agent is doing at work or at home to support one. Uh, one of the bonds that he has, other than the bond with Delta Green, you're gonna roll a sanity test. Uh, success approves the bond by one d six up to your character's charisma score, and uh, it, a critical success also adds one sanity up to your power times five roll. A fumble means that something disastrous uh happens. Uh, maybe you know, like yeah, some basically you end up reducing your bond if you criti- if you fail. A critical failure. So gotcha. Yeah. No. That sounds yeah. what he, like that sounds like what he would do. He would he would okay. want to repair his bonds um, because like he did damage some of them and like he's a family man so he's gonna, That's he's true. gonna try to repair that. Okay. Um. Yeah. What is your sanity score? I can roll it here for you. Yeah. So my sanity, my current sanity is like I think it's forty seven here. Yeah. All right. Here we go. All right. I rolled an eighty, so he does not succeed, but you don't critically fail. Yep. So you don't you don't add anything, but uh, maybe he maybe he's a little lost there for a little bit, like a fugue state, or if he's going to his kids like sporting events or going shopping with the wife of them, he's not fully attached there. Maybe it's just one of those things where like you catch her kind of like you know asking you a question a couple times and you snap to like what 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 are you what are we talking about like you're kind of yeah. losing time. I, I, I see it like a failed attempt at like reconnecting with, you know, like his son or daughter or, you know, or wife. Like, yeah, like one of those things where you try to reach out and it just like misses the, you know, because I think he's, he's been gone a while. So it's, you know, they've had to, it, that, that <clears throat> separation definitely makes it hard to just like all of a sudden, tr- you know, reconnect. Even if, even if you're trying, you know, it takes time and it takes the right, right moment, you know. So in this yeah. case, it just didn't connect. Yeah. And I think maybe there, there is that there. Maybe you're either you're, not necessarily cold to them, but you're distant. So that's where we saw like the damage bond play out that you took was, you know, maybe there's just a little lingering of doubt. I, I, how old were his kids? Did we ever establish that? Uh, no, but I think the, I, I see them as like, we got, we got a 12 and a 15, I'd say. Okay. So yeah, like maybe like the 15 year old, what, like you, know, you offered to help him go take his drivers, you know, teach him how to drive and stuff like that. And he's like, no, nah, man, it's okay. Mom's got it handled. Like mm-hmm. go back to whatever you got going on. I know it's more important. Kind of like little snarky shit like that. The kids do. Poor Drano. We've all, we all had. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I bet. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we all, we're all like that at the time. And then we're all like, why are you like this when we, when we get all there? Right. <laughs> I had that happen where. I took Ricky to a cookie decorating class at the YMCA, uh, and that's it's not even like baking the cookies; it's or making like the frosting. It's literally just decorating a cookie. Like it's it, there's no false advertising. Um, but as I was there, I reached like a new level of not giving a shit anymore. <laughs> where like I'm actively just reading the Traveler Corps rulebook in YMCA while Ricky's in this class, like. Just reading like this big chunky ass rule book, just like oh yeah, huh, okay, well that's how you do it. That's amazing. Um, but anyways, there is these like kids there that were probably like thirteen, twelve to thirteen range, 
just like sitting around me and like every word out of their mouth and just like, man, fuck this shit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, what? I told that motherfucker, blah, 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 fuck that kid. Like, oh, yeah, man, that, that's bullshit. And like, they're just like cussing up a storm thinking they're cool as shit. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, you know, I was like that one time. Like, I'm not going to like shit on these kids for the way they're acting because I know 100% like I was that shitty of a kid, right? Like, at Very that age. Very true. Yeah. And like, but it just made me laugh. Like, thinking back, I was like, fuck, I was really annoying. Like, if that was me. <laughs> I understand why people around me would be looking at me like I'm a fucking idiot. Like, uh, but, so true. Uh, thankfully, they got up and left so I could go back to reading about uh, skills, because that's more important than whatever dumb shit they were talking yeah. about. But. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that things worked out for, for Drano. Um, I really liked how, like, upbeat and positive he was, like... He, like you say, he was, it very much felt like he was a go with the flow, and he just wanted to get the mission done. And I, I like the dichotomy of you coming with acid reflux at first. He was very paranoid and like I wouldn't say scared of everything, but mistrusting versus Drano, who was very much just like, yeah, that's what we gotta do. Okay, cool. Like almost like a I don't want to say like a puppy dog, but he was very much yeah. Just like, okay, we're on yeah. He was on board for whatever needed to be done. Exactly. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, exactly. You told. You, it's a good point. I didn't honestly do that intentionally, but that makes a lot of sense. Like yeah, like uh, reflux wanted to control everything. He wanted to. He wanted to have a, everything on his radar. And then, yeah, like, mm-hmm. Drano was more, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, he, he's, he's he obviously, he, you know, he's important, his family's important. He wants to get the job done and he was, he was focused, but it was more like, yeah, far more laid back and like a, a different, it's like a different approach to attentiveness where he was like, he was still paying attention, but much more like, yeah, I'm, I'm, my persona is more like, I'm just, I'm looking at stuff, I'm, but I'm, I'm laid back doing it, you know, and, and, and much more trying to make things more cordial. Uh, maybe even as a as a way of uh dispelling fears and like making this you know calming everyone else down. You know, he wants to be that presence. Yeah, yeah. I definitely felt like he was much more of a face this time, where mm-hmm. like he was the one that could talk to like people in a and not be suspicious. Like I think Agnes and Essex were very suspicious through it all with their <laughs> like keeping secrets and. A lot of that stuff, and it felt like Essex, or not Essex, but it felt like Drano was kind of that bridge between mm-hmm. them, where it's like they could be that, and then he would be like, well, this kind of thing, and like kind of bridge it to Carmine or whoever, and kind of keep that uneasy tension of, like, can Carmine find out what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, um, the dynamic worked out, yeah. It's like, none of that was planned, but it's interesting to see that, like, yeah, in that case, like, especially Agnes that escalated, you know, far, her personality developed significantly, culminating up to this point, and so, yeah, it, it definitely worked out. No, absolutely, yeah, I was really impressed. Um, so I guess transitioning from our lasting shots of Georgie Drano here, moving forward to just kind of general questions, um, is there anything that you wish you could have done more with Drano in the third mission? Like, do you feel there was anything that you, you wish we had explored more or that was kind of underdeveloped with him? Um, I know we, we talked about wanting to do like more character stuff, but I never really hit a point where I felt like it would make sense to whatever was going on. Uh, and so I apologize for that. I know, I don't know if there was much you wanted to get out about him. Uh, but I feel like I did kind of a disservice by having this new character introduced and not really getting people to know him very well. No, but, yeah, um, I think that's immersive. I, you know, in a way, I think that's kind of like if you learn you learn the character by by seeing them do the things rather than just being you know told expo- exposition. So I think that's actually kind of cool sometimes. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I was a little nervous. I was like, ah, 
Like, I know we talked about it, like, wanting to do, like, before bed, like, having him call his kids and stuff like that. And I think we had a couple scenes like that, but it's like, well, I I don't know how much you wanted to get across with him to the audience, and I don't know if I gave you enough opportunities to do that in, no, in a sense, yeah. so. No, I totally think, no, it was actually great. Um, I, You know, I think it's a push and a pull. Like, sometimes you want to come with it with, like, a strong initial impression, you know, with, like, a, you know, a starting scene or this or that. I think, again, it's good to, like, mix it up. It's like, sometimes you go with a flow and, like, like build it in real time and, like, sometimes you want to you know establish that so i think yeah in fact i might you know that that sets me up for like next time maybe i want to like you know go for a certain character and like have a good first impression or and like with with a little bit of exposition and stuff Um, so no yeah that was totally fine but yeah no as far as opportunities and like things that maybe i wanted to focus on more i think yeah i think it's one of those cases where as usual i I, the, the character solving the mystery and just navigating all all of those things you set up all the different people locations events leads uh you know it's like i think you know we basically you just do your best but like that's that's basically all i would want is just like always trying to like pull out that answer pull out those good decisions through the personality of the character you're playing you know and so mm-hmm. in this case it was like you know yeah he was a scientist so like i like the focus on you gave me a good focus on like the creature that, that that was eating the brain of the of shannon or whatever i think it was sharon or shannon and um and so like that was like, i think that was a good time to shine um especially yeah you did great during that. that yeah like that was awesome it was like all right let's take a look let's let's dissect this you know like what through the eyes of a marine biologist what what <laughs> how would you react to this and like and and, and we discovered a lot of details too and, and i really liked the uh interrogation scene uh with one of the cultists where we were able to show him it i think that was like a super good scene where those all those factors came together it was like it the 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 creature had already developed we had the cultist to like show his side of the story of like how is he Mm -hmm. reacting and what you know and and the way that he was predicting he's like you don't even know what's coming you don't even know and uh (laughs) and then plus you know drano like watching that happen and being able to ask him questions um so I don't know. I don't know how intentional, like, or how intended some of these golden path scenes are, where you're like, yeah, this scene's happening, or just, oh no, it just happened this way. But like, that was a really good one. Um, so uh, yeah, no, honestly, yeah. yeah. Most of it was just me, like I said, trying to get. Like I, I wanted to have the creature there, um, and then when you pick marine biologist, I'm like, well, this is perfect. Like this lines up exactly with what like I had intended. So uh, I wasn't sure how big of a part the creature would play, but obviously you picking a marine biologist, like, okay, well, this is clearly going to be something to focus on and make sure it's important. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And as for just the, the cult, like I, at that point, they had already, they knew it was coming. They were all aware of the plan. And so I think there was the overconfidence of them where they, they had, they thought they had this in the bag. And so with David and that, it was just, Exactly that. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you everything because I think if someone truly believes that the world is going to end and that they truly are going to become the master, like that rule stuff, like I think there's going to be a very flippant way that they start to look at stuff. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. And like, that is, that, I, yeah. They're going to be convinced. I mean, look at the lady in Idaho that like killed her two kids because she thought they were zombies and she was oh, thought God was God. talking to her and shit like that. Like. You know, Holy shit. There's just that, that smugness and like the resolve in her that she did what she thought was right and that we can't judge her because only God can judge her and stuff like that. Like that's a terrifying way to look at it. Like very true. And it came off your looking at the the worldview of like you're right you're so right and confident in what you've done and you don't realize like the fucked up nature of how you've done things. Um I, I just to me that's that's a very scary thing. Like, you know, I, I 
I, as much as I love like shitty, gory horror movies and stuff like that, that kind of stuff to me is like what really creeps me out is like the fanaticism that people have towards causes and their willingness to do whatever it takes to get it done. And since it's like, yeah, just you know, I, I, looking at all the cults that have, you know, like Jones, Jonestown and you know, Heaven's Gate and all that stuff like that's terrifying to me. That's a good point. Yeah, no, totally. Like you're you're totally right. It, maybe that maybe it's something we can all relate to. Maybe is just like the the true deepest evils of the human race because we're we're a part of that. We're you know it's like we try to be as good people, but like to know that there's that we're capable of that much evil, and and then like yeah, actually seeing it manifest like sometimes right. is is truly yeah, truly terrifying. And, and 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 the unknown of like you never know like who. Yeah, you know, it's just like there's that there's that latent small fear that like that person's near you, someone maybe someone you know or maybe someone you don't know. That's like you know, two two doors away or two houses down or something. You know, just like yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just like I, I know that I'm gonna say something that you've said before. I think on this podcast, but you're like particular one of your greatest fears, and I'm just gonna call it out is like see you're it's like at night or something, and someone is looking through your window from the outside, like maybe far yep. away, like in the trees, terrifies me, or like yeah. close or whatever. Oh or yeah, like, they just be outside my window, period, looking in. Like that is terrifying yeah. to me <laughs> and absolutely i totally i'm with you i didn't actually th- you know that's one of those things i didn't really think about but absolutely that would be yeah if i have an open window no sometimes i'm like oh yeah just, let me just close that real quick <laughs> well it's just it, like my, where i grew up with my parents they had the big backyard that butted up against woods and so like i would always go out and like get water like in the kitchen and you're staring out this big bay window into like this backyard and like the woods and it's just like that straight you know like what there's if you ever saw a figure just staring at you through there like that's ugh. like yeah no like ugh, yeah i can't even if like now like if i was where <laughs> i live now i looked out and there's someone like standing in the middle of the street looking at my house it's like i would scare the shit out of me like i'd make sure the doors are locked i'd like try to find a <laughs> baseball bat or something like yeah man like i just yeah it's i, I don't think it's an irrational fear but that's definitely one of the things that like yeah, it just it, it's unsettling to me so for sure yeah it happens though. So that's but, good. Oh, well, we, that's good. Definitely a good, yeah. good. Yeah. So I, you, 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 you explored that really well in this, because uh, yeah, that that fear, that overconfidence, that absolute arrogance, like came out really well. That's good. I was trying. <laughs> it's tough because, like, I, I, me not being a religious person and not being like fanatical towards a lot of stuff. It's, I feel like I'm almost doing like a caricature of religious people because I don't have any like foundation for, like, I, I don't know. I've never been to church. I've never been told like i've been told i'm going to hell but oh yeah um i've never never really experienced any of that stuff in person so i think a lot of what it is is just mimicking what i've seen on tv and like trying to tone it down to the sense of where it's relatable especially like with the intros i wanted to start out sane and then just kind of ramp it up to the point where like you're like oh no this this guy's fucking crazy like he's talking about going to the dream world and like (laughs) if you know anything about the dreamland and like Kadath and all these places, like they're not good people. Like these are like essentially like slavers that like capture people and say like trade them and sell them and stuff like that. Like they're horrible oh, yeah. people. But he's here calling them like really good people and all this stuff. So, um, did you yeah. ever like go to to you did, when you were young? Did you ever like your parents take you to church or anything? Or did you just did you never no. go to church as a kid either? No, okay, gotcha. my my dad hates all religion, and so I grew up in a household. And my mom had a bad experience with religion when we were younger, so gotcha. we grew up with just we. I I knew church existed, um, but I was 
when I was younger, I was a lot more anti-church. Like, I was very vocal, like, you're a fucking idiot. You're dumb for going to church. Mm-hmm. And I've mellowed out a lot on that now where a lot of my stance is just like, look, if you believing in whatever you believe in makes you a better person, like, dope, right? Good for you. I don't like organized religion. I think organized religion is a, a sham and it's scary to me. But I think just people believing in a, a higher power, like, whatever, man, like, fucking you do you. I don't care. Like, it doesn't yeah. affect me. As long as you're not a dick about it and you're trying to control other people's lives with it, do whatever you want. Whether yeah. it's, you know, you believe Odin's real or Buddha or any of that stuff, like, have more exactly. power to it. But that, once, yeah. once you're an organized religion and you start trying to control people's lives, as we've seen here in America... Uh, that's where I, it really leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So yeah, I won't tangent too much, but I just I'll just parrot <laughs> what you said. That like I I I'm a big fan of of the idea of you know uh, worshiping yourself, you know, without amplifying that too much or congregate. I think the problems start to start to happen when you congregate or amplify. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. You, you start to control other people's lives. You you know, it's that evangelization that it's like you know, exactly have a, yeah. have a good time. You know believing you know in your, in your loved ones you can share that but yeah anyways i have a yeah, yeah. So I, I have a, I, I, you yeah, you grew up with uh more religious background than i did so yeah that's what i was gonna say so i, yeah, I won't call it which church it is but yeah i had i mean i, I grew up in the church so i definitely uh know of like what it, i've seen very pious people before and how you know they, that whole thing yeah so i definitely yeah i have first person experience of just like yeah you can people can be really really into that and uh you know so yeah i, I definitely relatable for yeah, it's something that we're all, I'm very protective of with my kids, too. Like, we don't talk about religion with our kids. If when my kids turn 18 and they want to explore it, feel free. Mm-hmm. Knock yourself out. Like, I, yeah, but I, I also, I don't want to taint them with ha- my views and be like, no, man, that shit's all dumb and made up. Like, I don't want to say that to them. So I, we just try not to talk to it around them, um, which it can be tough and it can't be. But, um, yeah, it's sort of those things. Like, I, I, when they're 18 and they're, they're old enough to make those decisions, any younger than that makes it feels like it's brainwashing to me, and like you're trying to indoctrinate them into all of this, exactly. and that, that that's not cool to me. But exactly, yeah. What was it? It was like <laughs> there was a stat that was like, or it was at least a quote, which was like, "How is it that whatever ninety percent of people who are religious are 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 religious for the church that they were raised in?" Right? Like, how how yeah. can it be true that they? believe irrefutably that theirs is the right church when it just happens to be the case that everyone usually sticks with the same church they were raised in and how how other right. how other way can you define <laughs> that other than indoctrination right Ex- so, yeah exactly yeah, yeah I, the philosophical like what i would appreciate like a good parent to you know to to um you know son or daughter talk would be like the philosoph the, the philosophy of it, you know that that part's wholesome where if you're like yeah this is you know taught you know once they get old enough yeah if they're 18 you're, you start, start talking about life and death you know like you know exploring that how does that make you feel what do you what does that make you think i think like the philosophical portion of it i think is a really wholesome thing yeah that can be and done. i think it's kind of like they're learning about like greek mythology and all this and they're talking about the gods and stuff like that so it's like yeah i mean people always have some sort of higher thing that they believe in to justify what they see. Like, they, their brains can't comprehend it, so we magically tie it to Zeus. Well, Zeus, you know, or Hermes runs across the sky, brings, you know, brings what, you know, the, the sun to us or whatever kind of shit. So, Hell yeah. like, we just had to make up these things to understand because we didn't understand the world <laughs> right. at the time. So, yeah. Anyway. And we still don't, but anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was fun, a that was fun, little, fun little tangent. No, that's good. Um, so, is there anything that you, like, looking back... Across all the like three missions now, did you have a funner time playing uh, as 
as Reflux or as Drano? I know we only got like one mission with Drano, but was there something like you liked more playing as Reflux versus Drano or Drano versus Reflux? Like, what was your favorite parts of each character? I guess would probably yeah. be a better question. I will say it, it feels good to, I'd say, have a niche and then explore that niche um, just to specialize. Um, and so, so far, I've done like, uh, yeah, um, Sigint, basically, signal intelligence. I've done mm-hmm. yeah, scientists, like, uh, you know, other types of and more of a face. And uh, and then I, yeah, so then the, na- the next one would be, yeah, tr- doing the character that basically others have already done, which is like more of a, you know, headstrong, you know, uh, militaristic sort of cl- uh, clinical, like, precision type of... We did have the vulture who kind of fell into that. We That's true. That, that, that was pretty fun. Oh, man, I, how could I forget <laughs> about the vulture? That was great. Um, so, yeah, exactly, like... So yeah, honestly, acid, acid reflux was probably funner as a character just because he was he was more of a character. He wily, zany. You know, a lot of it's really easy to play someone who's scared of everything, and you know that that forces a lot of situations and thoughts and and things to say. Um, mm-hmm. But but it was yeah, but it was really it, the part that was fun with Drano was certainly yeah, I liked playing uh, uh, the voice of reason a little bit, uh, someone who was uh, more of a face, um, more calm, cool, and collected. Uh, <laughs> Rather than acid reflux, who was none, none of those things. Well, you might, well I think of, that also fits. Cool. That fits you as like the person. Like you are very much a rational, like even keeled human being. Like you know, you you don't really get uh, at least for what I've seen. You don't get like flustered or like go out like you know, you're, you're always even keeled. Yeah, like, thank I, I, you. You are like the you are like the standard definition to me of like someone who is just chill and like can get along with anybody. It's like you are that person. Like, you <laughs> I appreciate it. I yeah. I, I yeah. The, I, I hide well the times I get frustrated. <laughs> I, d- I definitely <laughs> when I when I get I can get flustered, but I'm like no, I shouldn't feel that way. But no, yeah, oh, yeah it happens to us all. But yeah, <laughs> and so I think to me that that watching you play Drano felt like you just being you to an extent, and like reflex was maybe that part of you or like like you let go of like of that control in a sense yes i don't know but uh, definitely reflux <laughs> had more part of me too like yeah exactly the, the maybe the back part of me yeah i i let, leaned into a different part of my personality where, where you know more of like a you know sort of degenerate you know non non atypical or neuro neuro atypical person you know the neuro atypical part of me yeah <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh yeah exactly so um yeah no I th- honestly they both had their good things um in different ways yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I just want to say I am so happy to be playing with you. Um, you are one of my favorite people to play with, Cody. You're also one of my favorite human beings. Like you are, like genuinely a good person. Um, and I'm glad I get to spend more time with you by doing this podcast and playing a game. Uh, there was like a good chunk there where I didn't really get to see you, but I'd always check in with Misha to make sure you're doing good. Um, so I, I'm just happy to be able to to hang out with you more. So, dude, for sure. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> that's the. Yeah, I keep thinking like. You know, because like doing something like this, it's, it's a little bit of work. But like, that's the thing. It's like that's what life's about. It's like honestly, this opportunity. You, you know, like the fact that you've been leaving this, like, it's. I'm, I'm just glad to be here. It's. It, it feels mutual. Like this is super, super fucking awesome to be able to to hang out and do stuff like this. So. No, absolutely. Um, I am excited to finally play with you during Misha's campaign as well. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how the the group dynamic works out as it goes forward. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, dude. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I, I I won't I don't want to spoil any of the stuff that uh, we've recorded so far. But Misha, I will say Misha, like I said in Tyler's, Misha's doing an excellent job. Um, 
I would have never known this was her first time DMing going into it. She's absolutely killing it. I plan on telling her that when she's here as well, but... Uh, that's totally true. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's you know, as you know, she's, she's over-preparing, leaning towards over-prepared rather than under-prepared, which is not, it's like, yeah, like certainly not sustainable. It's a lot of effort, but yeah, that, that way I, I actually think she's she's succeeding and I can't wait, yeah, to find out more yeah. what, what's happening. No, absolutely. And I'm excited when we sit down and start recording Traveler to see what you're going to create and how you're going to play out with that. Yeah, so. totally. We got a lot. It's going to be fun. So um, I think that's all I got for you. So I'll let you go and continue the rest of whatever day you got going on. So thank you for your time, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.